everybody. Welcome to another episode of Dropping the Gloves. Thank you for joining us here today on the episode that almost wasn't. I didn't want to do it. I got lots to do. I said, let's just punt until Monday. Tim said, no, we have a responsibility. There's lots to talk about, John. Let's do this. And so here we are. Tim, how are you? Are you happy? Are you happy now, Tim? That is what happened. And yeah, our listeners, you're welcome. They depend on us, John. You don't know. You don't know. They don't like depend I do. on us. This is yeah, not, if you depend on us, evaluate <laughs> your life immediately and make a change because we should not be <laughs> dependent on. But anyways, lifestyle choice. It is. It's just like my no TVs. I'm glad we're here. The reason I'm a little ruffled, I didn't have a great day yesterday. And I, yesterday was a wash for me as far as work, as far as production. I had to drive to Chicago, Tim, yesterday to get my baby a passport for our upcoming trip that my wife and I are taking, taking to Portugal and then to Italy. It sounds very exciting. It's not. We're just, you know, we're just going over there. Whatever. So we, we go to Chicago. Well, let's let's back it up. First of all, how are you doing before I just <laughs> take over the whole show? Uh, no, go for it. Go for it. I'm fine. So we filed for a passport two weeks ago, paid the extra money for an expedited passport. Great. Talk to the people here in Traverse City. They said it should be here in three weeks. Fantastic. Lots of time before we leave. We leave on the 18th. Still, we have eight days. We call this week. We called on Monday. The passport agency place. We're like, hey, just want to check in. Where's the passport? The people there say, you know what? You're not going to get your passport. It takes five to seven weeks. And I'm like, what? Like we talked to the people in our, our city. They said it was going to take three to five and it usually gets here in two to three. We're like, no, like you, you better get an in-person appointment to go get your same day passport. We can't even look where it is because everybody wants a passport. Okay. We start freaking out, panicking. Danielle calls the next day just to confirm Tuesday of this week. She calls. Luckily, an appointment opened up in Chicago for the very for the next for the Thursday yesterday. So she jumps on it. I'm like, well, great. You know, we we got an appointment. Apparently, you can't get an in-person appointment. They're hard to come by, and one just opened up. We're driving to Chicago yesterday. Terrible weather. Wake up the kids at 5 a.m. Out the door by 6 a.m. Took all seven of them, Tim. All of them. All you all went. Wow. Yeah, where are you going to get a babysitter last minute for seven kids? Six. You know what I mean? It, it wasn't possible. We took them all, woke them all up at 5 a.m. Hour into the trip, one of them barfs per usual. One of them always throws up on our trips or pees their pants <laughs> every single time we go on a long trip. One of them's yeah. barfing in the back. Fantastic. Torrential downpour rain. Awesome. Drive down there. Relatively quick drive. Only stopped once. But still, just it's it's a five hour drive to Chicago. Get to Chicago appointments at eleven. I'm gonna try to speed this up. Go through the check in security. Everything's great up to the ninth floor. Tim looks like he's gonna fall asleep. I'm gonna power through it. I'm stretching. Um, I'm stretching. Who stretches this quick into a podcast? And it was an aggressive stretch that makes me think you don't care about my story. I need you to have your eyes locked on me. Um, anyways, I'm in line for the passport. The queue, it's like an airport. You go around and around and around. I'm in there for an hour. Finally get up to the gate. Okay, great. Give them all my information. Esther's picture, 
my passport, my wife's passport for ID. We give them her birth certificate, her social security number, everything. We're ready. We're, we're prepared. Everything goes in. Click, click, click. She's typing away on the computer. She's looking at her screen. She's like, huh, okay. She's like, did you guys file already? And I was like, yeah, we filed expedited. And she's like, okay, did you pay already? I was like, yes, we sent in the check. Everything is done. They said it was going to be transferred over here. So we wouldn't have to pay anything except the extra fee for the same day service. Good. And she's looking, she leaves her chair, goes over, talks to somebody else, comes back, looking at her screen. And she's like, huh, goes to the printer, prints something out, comes back. And she's like, well, I have some good news, but I also have some bad news. I'm like, okay, that's not good. When the person who controls your fate, whether you're going to go on vacation or not, says you have bad news. Usually it's good, good, good. Let's go. Let's get this passport. Let's get out of here. She goes, the good news is, you know, we're going to be able to get you a passport. I was like, great. She's like, the bad news is it's being delivered to your house in Traverse City right now. (laughs) No way. And I'm like, what? Excuse me? She's like, yeah, the paper she had printed out was the tracking notification for United States Postal Service. And she slides it across to me. Sure enough. No. It was en route from the distrib- distribution center in Traverse City to my out house. Out for delivery. Yeah. Out for delivery. It'll be there at 6 p.m. And she slides it across. She's like, "Didn't did you not get, you know, an email? Usually they send out an email. And my wife from behind me goes, oh, no, I thought that was spam. And I go, what? I go, excuse me? What did you you say, honey? Love of my life? (laughs) What did you say? You know? And she goes, oh, I almost told you, but I just, it just slipped. I got an email two days ago from someone in Colorado calling themselves the passport service saying your passport is now shipped. But I thought it was spam because it was such a simple email. And I go, oh, oh. Hmm. So you think someone is randomly spamming us passport information when we just try are getting our passport for our daughter? And I, steam is coming out of my ears at this point. I'm in the passport place. I'm just like, I just drove five hours to Chicago through torrential rain, dragged all my kids out of the bed at 5 a.m. Lots of work to do. And I'm just like, okay, pull it together. You know, this is okay. Just make sure. And sure enough, she had gotten the notification completely botched it thought it was spam somehow somehow i'm just i'm like let me see click click the email who sent it to you because if it's dot gov can't spam that sure enough dot gov i'm like oh my gosh <laughs> just like <laughs> unreal tim unreal go to gino's east spend another 150 dollars for lunch drive home sleep rain car accidents everywhere Terrible drive home. Took us like six and a half hours. Rolled into Traverse City at 8 p.m. We did the whole shebang in 14 hours there and back. Crazy. Unbelievably just. uh, Yeah. So that was my yesterday. So did it get delivered to your house and you just left without it from Chicago? It got delivered at 6 p.m. while we were driving home. But you have to sign for it. So it wasn't there. So we'll get it today. (laughs) <laughs> okay, and then my other question, how long ago was it? When was it that they said, oh, no, 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 you're not going to get it in time, and you have to come to Chicago to get it? How long? When Tuesday. was that conversation? Tuesday. Tuesday. So how how is that person so confidently wrong? By how that was, point, it had already been shipped, right? It, it was shipped later that day. 
Oh. How is the information not distributed within the government systems? I don't know. I have no idea. I blame marijuana. Everybody's high. No <laughs> one does their job the right way. But uh, oh, Tim. So the people in Traverse City gave you good advice. It takes three to four. You'll get it in two or three, whatever. Right. They said three to five is what it says on the paper, but it usually gets here in two to three. They were spot on. Got here in two. Yeah. Wow. 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 It's just a. I'm just. It tests. It tests your your patience. What if it was? What if you had got the email and didn't tell Danielle about it? Have you ever thought about that? Hellfire Brimstone. <laughs> you wasted my time. No, I just laughed it off. It comes to a point where it's like I made a joke. It's like, well, your mom took us out for lunch. Everybody, that's nice. She really wanted to go to lunch today. We drove uh-huh. ten hours, twelve hours round trip. It was insane. But anyway, so while I was there, I stopped and talked to Patrick Kane. I said, here's what you need to do for your interview. You're going to be asked because Tarasenko is going to be traded. And this is how I want you to respond. And wow, wow, we wow. This is the main reason why we're doing a podcast today, because there was some action. Vladimir Tarasenko, the first. Well, I think Bo Horvat was the first domino to fall with the trade deadline acquisitions. He gets traded to New York Islanders. Very good pickup by the Islanders. Everybody across the board, in my opinion, think this is a good play for them. It gives them instant credibility. He goes out, scores. They play Vancouver. They lose to Vancouver. <laughs> not, not what you want to see when you play your former team. He did score. Very good for him. But what we're focusing on today is another team in New York making a big, big splash. Not the splash everyone expected, which was Patrick Kane. They go out and they get Vladimir Tarasenko. <clears throat> Another right winger, another guy with Stanley Cup pedigree, another guy who produces in the playoffs, another guy who's a unrestricted free agent. They pair him up with Panarin and Zabinijad, and their team looks pretty, pretty good. Now, this trade, you know, trades happen all the time. Return is is okay for St. Louis. I think it's it's good. They get Sammy Blaze. They get a first rounder. The Rangers get Tarasenko. They get a third-pairing left-handed demon. And Nico Mikola. I won't do that again. I apologize. I just needed to do it. But what makes this trade interesting was the response from another free agent, Patrick Kane. Tim, let us know what Patrick Kane said, and then we'll break it down because this, this is not normal. Yeah, you never see a player from another franchise who's not involved in the trade comment so publicly like this. So he was asked about his reaction to the Tarasenko deal, and he said, quote, it's not like the happiest I've ever been to hear about a trade. If things are going to happen, that was a team I was definitely looking at. It seems like they filled their void and, and went ahead and made a deal. Wow, wow, wee wah is right. So this is this is Patrick Kane being like, hey, what the heck? I wanted to go to the Rangers, and now they didn't make it happen, and someone they got someone else instead, and now I'm stuck here holding my thumbs. You never you never see a comment like that. Just this blatant honesty, right? Because which I love. It's fantastic. And I think this is why you never hear because players aren't honest. They don't want to slight their current franchise. They don't want to, you know, tip their hat to where they want it to go because now he will get traded. And it seems like his first and preferable team that he wanted to be traded to was the New York Rangers. So now you're going to a team. It's like, well, you want, you didn't want to be here. You're upset. You're, you're going, you know, to the Islanders or to Buffalo or to Toronto or Calgary or Dallas or Colorado, wherever he ends up. 
it's a second choice, which is fine. But yeah, you very rarely hear players talk about this sort of thing. But you know, it just stop crying. And he's a friend of the show. I get it. You had your opportunity, in my opinion. You've been just kind of sitting on your hands. It seems like. And he said it too in this in a, in a quote in the same interview. He said, "We really haven't told the Hawks yet that w- we want to be traded." He holds the keys to his fate. He has a complete one hundred percent no move clause. And as far as I know, he hasn't released that yet. He hasn't said, "You know what? Let's go, carte blanche, trade me anywhere." The Rangers were in. How long do you expect the New York Rangers to wait? Forever? The, the the deadline's approaching. I know we still have a little bit of time, but the deal has to be made. You can't just sit around. And if I'm, you know, Davidson for Chicago, I'm I'm pressing Kane. I'm like, we got to go. We're going to maximize your value now. But I, I think Kane just, he's upset. Maybe he realized he didn't have the leverage that he thought he would have or all these teams would wait around for him. Time's a ticking. Islanders are out now. Rangers are out now. The list of suitors is is slowly getting smaller and smaller. So maybe he's just looking at the teams. He's like, oh, I, I really would like to go to the Rangers. The Islanders aren't that bad of a team if you want to go to. When you look at their their talent you're going to play with, there's some high-end guys up front who you can play with. So I don't know. Does he even get traded now? People are seem to be wary on his hip. I don't know. There's still a lot of good teams out there, Tim. Patrick Kane is going to lick his wounds. He's not having his greatest year. Tarasenko's not having his greatest year. Can you chalk that up to playing with just bad players if you're Patrick Kane? Tarasenko, I don't know. He had a great year last year. He put in 82 points in 75 games. I love this pickup by the Rangers. This is going to make them a way better team. It's going to allow them to do a lot more things depth-wise, up-front power play. This is a great move for them, but... I don't know. Do you feel sorry for Patrick Kane? You probably do. You feel sorry for a lot of people. You're a very sensitive guy. What do you What do you make of this? I've, no, I don't feel sorry for him. I, I think it has, I mean, I think you're probably right. He hasn't really stated whether he wants to be traded or not. I don't think he sent a clear message to Davidson and the Hawks uh, management. And so the Hawks are probably have a pretty high asking price and, and the Rangers didn't want to buy it or couldn't make it work. And they're like, okay, if if Kane costs too much, Horvat's already been traded. I don't want to list miss out on on one of these top guys because who knows if when Tarasenko goes, who knows when Atimo Meyer goes, and all of a sudden we have left with no options except to overpay for a guy like Patrick Kane because the last standing free agent, the price is going to go up, but there's only one or two main pieces left. You're going to have to pay a premium to get them, and you always you always see one or two teams go out and get a guy a couple of weeks ahead of the deadline and end up being a better deal, uh, a little bit riskier maybe, but a better value. And this is what the the Rangers did and. They made a good move. I mean, like you said, they had two big holes in their roster. One of them was a top-line scoring right winger, and then they needed a little bit of depth on the left-hand side of the defense, and they got them both with one trade. And so they're they're going to be looking good. Looks like uh, Tarasenko is going to be skating with Zibanejad and Panarin, I believe. What a line that's going to be. The two Russian wingers, we've seen those guys before, and I think it was the, the World Championships. There's hopefully some chemistry there. Tarasenko skated for the Rangers uh, practice this morning for the first time, and they're playing tonight. And so you 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 can get just like with the the Islanders won four nothing when they added Horvat. I bet something similar happens um, with the Rangers tonight. Do you think that Kyle Davidson is still stuck on that deal that he made for Hagel when he when he got two first rounders, and he figures 
Kaner's better. That should be my starting point, two first rounders. And that and, and that is something that's holding this up because we've heard from a lot of players around the league that their asking price is just astronomical, where it's just like you, you cannot sit there and negotiate when you're asking for the world and then some. It, we, we've heard this around Timo Meyer. We've heard this around Jacob Chitrin. We're hearing it around Patrick Kane. Do you think he just has too high of an ask at this point? Because Kaner, and no offense, like he's a better player than Hagel, but Hagel's got 10 years as senior. So he's he's got a lot more tread left on the tires. Does Davidson have to be more realistic in order to get a deal done here? Maybe. And there's also that um that nagging as the groin injury that Kane has. It's a hip, that, yeah. It's a hip. hip. Yeah. That there's not really a lot of clarity on. I don't know if, if other GMs know behind closed doors what's going on with him, but that information isn't really public. Public. There's speculation. And so uh, Tarasenko is not the player that Kane is, um, and he hasn't had his his greatest year. But similar to Kane, he hasn't been playing on a great team. He hasn't really had a lot of, uh, I don't know, he hasn't been healthy the entire year. And so going back to Kane, that, that hip injury could scare a lot of people too because they know you're not committing to him long-term. His contract is expiring, but you're going to have to give up a lot to get him. And, of course, if you get him, then you're not getting another player who could be healthy, who could end up helping you more than, than an injury-ridden Patrick Kane. So... It's a lot of there's a lot of factors, and I think I think Davidson probably, if he was holding out for something better, how do you think this trade and seeing what Tarasenko went for impacted how uh, he he thinks about trading Kane? Well, it sets the market right. I, I think when you see this deal fall, you see the Horvat deal fall. It's a first and it's a prospect. That seems to be the going rate these days. And that's what they can expect for Patrick Kane. I, I don't think you're going to get a lot more for him. Just his age, you know. He's got an injury. There's a lot of question marks there, like you said. So if you're expecting more, you're going to be disappointed. Patrick Kane, first rounder, prospect, and they're going to have to eat a bunch of his salary. You saw St. Louis ate 50% of the salary cap. I think that will be the norm at this deadline. Teams don't have money, and you're going to have to eat half, if not more, of that salary if you, if you want to get rid of these guys and get something back for them because it's just there's no money in the system. There's no room to bring on these guys who make seven, eight, nine, ten million dollars. And most of the guys who are left, who are the high-end talents, they make a lot of money. Timo Meyer, six million. Chitrin is four point six, but Kaner's ten. O'Reilly, seven point five. Taze is ten point five. These are big money guys that you're gonna have to really make the money work if you're gonna want to make these moves. So I'm interested to see where Patrick Kane goes. The list is getting smaller. If you want a high-end impact forward who's gonna go out there and score. Really is. There's Kane. There's Meyer. O'Reilly, who's coming off his own injury. There's there's it's it's not a long list. Barbashev from St. Louis as well. He can, you know, put some points on the board when he wants. But if you're a GM and you want some help in the top six, you better get on it because boom, one's gone, two's gone. There isn't a lot of guys left who can help you out. All right. Moving on to Wait, one more thing. Um, oh, the oh. Rangers, Okay. last week you said they were kind of that second tier in the East, not quite Boston, Toronto, Tampa, Carolina. Did this vault them into that top that top echelon? I think it does. I think it does. This, this changes their team. And I know it's only one player, but sometimes that's all it takes. They, they need a little more help on depth. This bumps Cackle Cackle out of that top two lines. You slot in Tarasenko. You're looking at a Kreider, Trocek, Kravtsov, 
the second line. That's a very good second line. You got the kid line in your third line. You got some grit, some scoring on your fourth line with Goudreau, Vessi, and Gauthier. And then I don't mind this Mikola pickup too. He's not a sexy, you know, puck moving, swift skating defenseman. He's a good third pairing defenseman. They have a very good back end with Fox, Lindgren, Miller, and Truba. As good of a top four as you can want. And then you have Shesterkin. Looking at this lineup, I don't see weaknesses. I really don't. What I would want potentially is a little more size down the middle. That's it. Zabinijad, Trochik, Chittle. I'm, I'm butch. It's not Chittle. Chittle. You know why I say Chittle? Because there's a there's a principal at my kid's school. It's Chittle. So I see it. They spell it the same way. That's why. So don't. I, I know I pronounce names a little bit off. That was Heedle. I knew it. That's the only thing I think they would maybe want. But that's just kind of picking and choosing. Like you're nitpicky. They have a good team. They have a very good team. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. What it's going to come down to, can Lafreniere and Kako produce in the playoffs? If they have a good playoffs, if they go a point every other game, those two guys, they get a very good chance of winning the Stanley Cup. I like this team. This does vault them in my eyes up into the upper echelon of teams. They're playing with the Torontos, the Carolinas, the Bostons of the world. This, Do you think it, or do you think they're still missing something? No, their lineup is good. Now I would just add, I mean, you nailed it, but the Heedle, this this kid is breaking out in real time. He's got a five game goal streak happening right now. He's got seven goals during that span. All coming back after the all-star break. He's looked really, really good. So I think I think uh that line could end up being the difference maker, like you said. If if they can continue that production, Lafreni has been solid, Kako's been solid. They can't disappear during the playoffs. But if they don't, like you said, this is a dangerous team. Yeah, he's been breaking out. His wingers really haven't. And they and they have flashes, but they need to show me more. I don't know. They're having decent seasons. They're not blowing it out of the water. They're getting, you know, 25, 24 points. That's good. I don't know. We'll see. I, I do like the New York Rangers. I think all the hype they got last year from the playoffs, it took them a little bit of time to really get going this year. They were reading the press clippings a little bit too much. Don't sleep on these Rangers. Don't just don't just get distracted by the Carolina Hurricanes and the Bruins and the Leafs and the Lightning. I think the Rangers are a good team. They're going to slide into the playoffs probably third in their conference. They're going to play the Devils in the first round. That's going to be a heck of a playoff series. And away we go, Tim. I'm so excited for the playoffs. Get these stinking. Well, after the deadline, I just wanted to go. All right. Can we move on now? Tim? Yes. Yes, please. All right. Talk about the Vegas Golden Knights. When I told you this, I said, Stone's done. This team is done. They're still first place in the Pacific. Don't be surprised when we talk in March. They're out of the playoffs completely in the Western Conference. This team is in free fall right now. And tell me why, Tim. Well, Stone, like you said, went down almost 10 games ago, nine games ago. They've won three of their last 10. And Jack Eichel, first line center, has zero goals one assist, and he's minus eight during that stretch, averaging less than two shots on net per game. He's been a different player with Stone out of the lineup. And so the Vegas, they have won two in a row here. They they had a nice game last night, four goals in the second period, but they looked like a different team. And I didn't agree with you when you said it, but I think you've nailed it. they're, they're, They're not as good without Stone. It changes everything. Yeah, he really does balance out this attack. They, like, they're, they're a very, like, good team 
they're not going anywhere without Stone. Stone does so much for this team. He just he's a very, very, very good player. So I'm telling you, they they're in first place now, Tim. They have 66 points in the Pacific. Right behind them are Seattle, Edmonton, and LA. All of them have 63. Mark my words. This is a bold prediction. March 1st, the Vegas Golden Knights will be in the wild card. I'll say that. I, I won't say out of the playoffs. They'll be in the wild card in the in the Western Conference. Write that down. Just like our bet of who's going to get more points in the playoffs. What was it between Meyer and Kane? I'm saying Kane. Yep. The Knights will be in the wild card position March 1st. So that is three weeks from now, correct? Less than three weeks. It's only 28 days in February. It's not looking good for the Vegas Golden Knights. Logan Thompson has been hurt. He's he's not playing. It is not a good time to be a Vegas Golden Knight. All right, what else are we talking about, Tim? Some really interesting comments from Tortorella, and I'm going to kind of read this here. But the, the gist of it is that he basically admitted that Tony Angelo is not very good defensively. He's playing on the third pairing now, and I think he was surprised by how much he worked on the defense, how much work he needed on the defensive end of the ice. This is the quote here: "Last team he played for Carolina, I think." I think they could absorb some of what their roster as far as maybe some of his deficiencies defensively. It kind of sticks out more with us. I think he's done some great things for us here. It's just we want to try to help him, and we feel he needs to get better defensively without taking away any of the great offensive ability he has. We know what Tony is. I'm a little not disappointed, but the defensive liability is something we need to work at. I don't think the amount of work that we need to do with him, I don't think at the point that we got him, I didn't think that at the point we got him, but it is what it is. Pretty pretty damning comments from the coach to the media. He knows how to motivate that guy, doesn't he? Is it the systems, maybe? Because last year he was plus 30 in Carolina, now he's dash 16. You know, I don't know. Is he absolving himself of, of any fault here by saying it's not – Tony's a bad defenseman, it's not the system. He saved himself in Carolina by a good system around him. I don't know. Tony's an offensive defenseman. That that's what he's there for. Is he a huge liability? I don't think so. No more than any other offensive defenseman that Torts has coached along his way. The Michael Delzados. The I, I can't think of any more. But he, he's had these types of players. Manages to make them work. I don't know. Just you're you're losing. Just admit it. Suck it up. Stop blaming your players. It gets old yeah. after a while. He's just throwing his players under the bus every other week. Maybe it's your coaching torts. Maybe go look in a mirror. He never takes any, any, um, what's it called? Responsibility. Responsibility. Yeah, yeah. For any of this ownership. Stuff. He's yeah. like, it's Hayes. It's Reese It's Delangelo. It's all these guys. It's not me. These guys aren't working hard. It's never me. I'm torts. I'm a hardworking blue collar guy. We all get that. Take a little responsibility. Stop throwing your players under the bus. They don't like it. They don't like it at all. Or do you think he's using this to motivate D'Angelo? No, no, the, there was no motivation in that. You know, that there was no like veiled, veiled inspiration in that comment. And it's there's no surprise here. Tony D'Angelo is an offensive defenseman. You put him on a really good team that has great defensive structure and great defensive forwards and great defensemen. He's going to thrive. You put him on a bad team that gets scored on four goals every night. He's going to get exposed. Like there's nothing surprising about what's happening here. And he's not having a bad year. He's got 31 points. He he's top five on their team in points. Like, what do you what he's top three? What more do you want this guy to do? 
you want to do your shutdown? I don't know. I think Torts is just, he's lost control of everything. This team keeps losing. He's trying to blame everybody but himself. It's not Tony Delangelo's fault. It's not Kevin Hayes' fault. It's not Travis Konechny's fault. By the way, he scratched all three of those guys. They're their top three scores. Huh, right. Like, maybe it's the coach. Maybe it's the coach towards, I don't know. They, I, this this is why he loses favor so quickly in teams, because he just beats this drum all day long. Play like I want you to play. Play like I want you to play. Or else. And he throws these guys under the bus. And it just, it never works. How about you just, you be amiable a little bit. Maybe you bend a little bit to how the player plays. No, you play my way or you're going to be scratched or I'm going to just chirp you to the the media. (sighs) It's towards, what are you going to do? He's just, I don't like it. It's not going to play well in the the Flyers locker room. All right. Oh, your, your uh, boyfriend's out. What's going on? Jack Hughes, yeah, he's out week to week with an upper body injury. I didn't see what it is, but this is a guy, man, he's been so good. You know what? I forgot about this until yesterday. At the beginning of the season in fantasy, in our, in our oh, league, ahead. yeah, I got offered Jack Hughes straight up from Malkin, and I rejected it. And look at me now. Well, that's not a good trade. Don't pat yourself on the back for, like, that's not a good trade for you. Jack Hughes was always projected to have more points than Malkin this year. I, no, no, no. I was. I would have been sent Malkin. Uh, Hughes. I had Malkin, and I, I said no to Jack Hughes. Oh, you're dumb. Why yeah. did you do that? I thought Malkin was going to have a major bounce back season, and Jack was going to struggle. And this is before they won like 50 games in a row. Anyway, you, yeah, Jack Hughes. Well, staying well, on the fantasy point, do you remember we bet that you said Jack Hughes was get more than 100 points this year? Yeah. And I said, he's a good player. The only thing that stands in his way is his durability. Can he stay on the ice? And wah, wah, wee, wah. Look at what's happening. The chickens have come home to roost. Jack Hughes is injured. Week to week is not as nice as day to day. This guy will not get 100 points. He's sitting at 67 right now. Tim, anything you'd like to say? A long season, John. He's You're right. He'll recover quickly. We'll see. He's week to week, Tim. What do you mean he's going to recover soon? The guy's going to be out be. for a month. No, it's not. He could be back by the end of next week for all we know. You don't know. You don't know. He's going to miss 10 games. He'll come back with 22 games left. Going to get 33 points in 23 games. Maybe. Maybe. I don't think he's going to do it. I don't think he gets 100. I think he'll get 90. I just win every bet. Does it ever wear on you that you just don't win any bets between us? I've won many bets over the years. It may, Multiple. Since when? There was one bet that I won. I probably um, won, but not many. Not many. I'm just on fuego. All right. Bruce Boudreaux, Tim. What is Bruce. he doing? He just got fired. He just got fired. He's already got a new job. He's rejoining NHL Network as a studio analyst across all of their programming. He's going to be back on the spotlight, back on the, the big screen. Good for him. Good it's for him. just throw the same old guys up there because the ratings are through the roof. It's so dumb. Who's who's better for ratings, you or Bruce? Probably neither of us. I don't know. It's not him. It's It ain't me. I, I don't think it's who's talking. It's how it's just marketed and how they do it. He'll be good for the first episode. 
when they ask him about the whole Vancouver situation. That'll be great. And then there's still more episodes after that. It's just like, like, what do we talk to you about now? I don't know. I'm sure they have other experts. I I would love to do it. They'll never ask me. It's because Batman is such a donkey. And I probably should stop calling him donkey. If if I want to be asked, but I won't. (laughs) I'll change. I'll call. I'll call him a douche there. (laughs) Almost better. (laughs) By the way. Did you see Eric Carlson after the San Jose Sharks game? No. This past, it was yesterday versus Carolina. So Carolina scores two two empty net goals. Eric Stahl gets them both. Eric Carlson's on the ice for both of them. On the last one, it's an attempted pass to him. He winds up for the one-timer. He follows through. The puck gets poked away. Eric Stahl goes in for an empty net goal. Carlson just left the ice and went to the locker room. Did not even sit down on the bench. Opens up the door straight down the tunnel into the locker room. There was one minute and three seconds left on the clock. Is there something there? Is he getting a little frustrated with the San Jose Sharks and their lack of winning ways? I think he is. Even though he's having an insanely good year, the guy's going to get over 100 points. There's only been two guys who have ever done that. So it's going to be, he's he's having a, a year of the ages for the San Jose Sharks right now. They just can't seem to win. There's a good chance he doesn't get traded because of that albatross of a contract. Remember when it was like Mike Greer's asking for two first rounders for Eric Carlson. He's asking for this and he's asking for that. I said it last month and I'll say it again. San Jose will have to give up a first rounder to trade Eric Carlson, or they have to eat his cap for the remaining three years he has left on his contract. It's not that a team doesn't want to take him for this year. You guys, that's fine. It's when you wake up next year, even when you're polishing up your Stanley Cup ring, you go and you're trying to make up your team. You're the GM. You go, oh, gosh, that Stanley Cup was so fun. Crazy parties. Okay, let's see how we're going to make up our team next year. Who do we got? Who do we got? (sighs) We have Eric Carlson for four more years at eleven and a half million dollars. Oh, whammy. That's when it that's that's why he's not getting traded. The guy's got. Four more years after this year, Tim. So his contract runs till 26, 27. That's why he won't get traded. But yeah, he's not happy in San Jose. Left the ice. Dash two in the last two minutes. But he got his assist. So he's happy. He will lead the defense in scoring. He'll, well, here's the question I posed at the beginning of the year. If this guy gets 100 points and you're like, oh, he's not going to get 100. He will get 100. Will he win the Norris? Because right now, He's sitting at 70 points. His career high is 78. He got it 10 years ago, over 10 years ago in 2011 and 12. If he gets 30 more, which it looks like he will because he's averaging more than a point a game this season, he gets 105 points, Tim. Norris, even though he's minus last place team in the league, you got to give it to him, right? I mean, he'll probably get it. I don't know if he's necessarily my pick, but it, yeah, he probably gets it. Who's your pick? Carlo? <laughs> yeah, Grizzlick and Lindholm. I'm telling you, anyways, who you um, don't think he should get it just based on your reaction? I just don't like that the, the highest, there should be different. There's more than one award for defensemen. There should be more than one award. You should have like the points award, just like there is for all players, even though it's always a forward. And then you have best overall defenseman or best all around defenseman. Um, and so 
I saw another thing. We we posted that thing of like league changes, and, and one of the great ones was having a best most assists, just like we do for most goals, like a like you do with the heart. Anyway, um, Fox Fox or Darlene would probably be my picks over over Carlson. Mine would be Carlson. I think I think you got to give it to him hundred points, but keep an eye on that. Keep an eye. I, I hope he gets treated. It, it, we're already to forty minutes. I'm like, let's keep this one short. Do you think the NHL, the NBA trade deadline just happened? Yeah. <laughs> Every team made a trade except for two teams. Chicago and no, not Chicago. It was the top two teams in the West. Didn't make a move. Every other team made a trade. Utah and Denver or something, whatever. How nice would that be if we had that in the NHL? Where everybody was trading, superstars were getting moved superstars like best player in the league kevin durant gets traded how fun would that be it'll never happen but it would just be so great not just for us because we talk about it but for the fans will it ever happen tim why why doesn't it happen why won't it happen this year what's the the difference the salary cap i think there's that thing that gets in the way where you got to worry about numbers basketball teams they don't care they pay a luxury tax and away we go like they they collect salaries like how can the Phoenix Suns have DeAndre Ayton, Chris Paul, Devin Booker and Kevin Durant? I think all four of those guys make over 25 million dollars a year. I don't know if there's a cap friendly for basketball. But I I know at least Kevin Durant must make 35 million dollars, don't you think? So to, to, it's just insane that they can just add, I, I, I don't know how they can do it. Their luxury tax must be through the roof. That's why they, they don't have a strict upper cap that they have to play under. They can just spend and then pay a little extra at the end of the year in the luxury tax. Baseball has the same thing. Football, I don't know what they have. They just spend until they can't print any more money. That, I think that's how they just run out of money to to pay people with but anyways the nhl is not as exciting there'll be a few trades and it'll again be a stinker speaking of football super bowl weekend tim who do you got the eagles or the chiefs are you even going to watch i'm gonna watch these are two of my least favorite teams in the entire nfl right me too i don't like either of these teams um but i'll root for the eagles because i dislike the chiefs more uh, the Mahomes thing, his whole family is annoying. Just the the ego, <laughs> you know. Do you know his like his brother, his little brother, and his wife on social media? You know, really check that. Oh, they're the worst. Are they? Just imagine like the his, imagine the worst like TikTok dancer doing it for attention and clout you could possibly imagine, and his brother's worse than that. It's awful. Um, and so anyway, they're annoying and I don't I don't like the Chiefs. The Patriots had so many run-ins with them. I don't like the Eagles because they beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. So it's it's a it's a lose-lose, but I'll pick the Eagles. Oh, Nick Foles. Yeah, yeah, Nick Foles. Twenty Philly special. 18, I think. 17 or 18. There's so many. I, I can't keep track of all the Super Bowls I was in. But the ones the Patriots lose are way more exciting than the ones they win, except for the one in Seattle. That was exciting too. No, 28 to three comeback was amazing. But the three that I've, they've lost the two to the giants and the one of the Eagles, they were all epic games. Yeah. I think very exciting games. The immaculate reception with David Tyree on the helmet. Oh man. 
unbelievable. Who's your, who do you like tonight or tomorrow, the, this weekend? Um, Will you watch? Yeah, my friend has me over. So I'm going to watch, um, turn the commercials off so the kids don't get influenced by all that crap. Um, <laughs> we are going to say I'm going to go. How do you bet against the Chiefs? They're too good, right? Patrick Mahomes, I don't care who he's throwing the ball to. I'm taking the Chiefs. They got a they got a very good team. Yeah, that's my pick. Are, right, the, Bills, are the Bills going to become the Toronto Maple Leafs? Oh, John, the look oh, on his face. Yeah, there's a good chance they have the last couple of years. Uh, yeah, maybe. It's hard to compete in the AFC. There's so many good teams. There's a lot of good teams in the AFC. So, like the Bengals right now are much further along than the Bills, but the Bengals have the luxury of playing under Joe Burrow still on his rookie contract. Once that kicks in, they'll have to work things out and they'll lose some depth. The Bills really blew it. By not winning in Josh Allen's rookie year. I know a lot about football. I enjoy it. So yeah, the Bills. Gosh. If they if Von Miller would have been healthy, that would have been a big difference in the playoffs. Could not get pressure on Joe Burrow. That, that was one of many problems. The corners didn't play press coverage. They gave Jamar Chase too much time. They couldn't tackle. Mixon was just free to run wherever he wanted to. And when they had a chance to tackle, the guy just ran through him. So it's just, there's a lot of things that happened. A lot of things that happened in that game that was frustrating to watch. All right. On that note, I hope everybody has a good weekend. I'll talk to you on Monday. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. 